Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, it's Pacific. A few quick notes, as always, before I jump into this week's episode. First up, we have two really big community events happening this week. On Saturday, uh, that is Saturday, May 18th, at 3 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, we'll be having our first ever community night. Uh, that just means me, um, some of the cast and crew, and you, the community members. Uh, we'll be playing Don't Starve on the PC, so if you're interested in joining, head to our Patreon, that's Patreon slash SCP underscore POD, to figure out all the details. Uh, you don't need to be a patron to see that, that's a public post, so anyone can see it. Second, we're doing an AMA. Uh, we're actually doing a whole series of them. Uh, this week, we're focusing on Tom Rory Parsons, our composer. I've been working with Tom for years, and he is the most talented person I have ever worked with. Uh, he's also wonderful at very quickly making music for this show, because sometimes I'm late and run behind, and Tom is insanely fast. Uh, so if you have questions on how he makes music, what other podcasts he's worked on, uh, or what video games he plays, this is the time to ask him. We'll have a post on our Patreon, as well as a channel on our Discord where you can ask some of those questions early, and then we'll be answering them live Tuesday the 21st of May on Bloody Disgusting's Reddit, that's r slash bloody disgusting. Uh, it's a wonderful new subreddit, we just launched it, so if you're interested in, you know, scary stuff, horror movies, video games, everything else, check it out. And last but certainly not least, this week's patrons. Uh, we've had a huge influx of patrons, so for everyone joining us, thank you. Big shout out to Maddie Ingram, Elijah Colin, Eric Trujillo, Brent Holmes, Hudson Green, Wes Plunkett, I Blizombie, Brandon McAllister, Alexander Hernandez, Connor Brown, Rob Streeting, Nate S, Rod Meek, and Chaos Mind. Warning, the Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Item number. SCP-231-7. See addendum. RE-SCP-231-1 through SCP-231-6. They gather round the natal table, the foolish and the wise. They fear the child yet to be born, whose voice shall rend the skies. Object Class, Keter. Sight and Personnel Requirements. Under Special Order of 05- The following addendum is attached to the beginning of the file for SCP-231-7. 
All personnel assigned SCP-231-7 must rotate out for one month of psychological counseling after two months on site. SCP-231-7 is to be kept at an undisclosed location. All personnel assigned to SCP-231 will be transported there blindfolded from Site-19 by a route including no fewer than seven different forms of transportation, including, but not limited to, aircraft, automobile, underground tunnel, and Removal of the blindfold during the transport process is grounds for immediate termination. Personnel assigned SCP-231-7 must undergo heavy psychological testing before being cleared to enter the site. Individuals must score at least 72 points on the milligram obedience examination, be unmarried, have no offspring, and express nothing less than total loyalty to the Foundation. Normal psychological screening procedures against access to disorders are waived, so long as Class D personnel in question has the mental capacity to carry out Procedure 110 Montauk as needed. Personnel who express sympathy towards SCP-231-7's plight and or express a desire to rescue or sympathize towards SCP-231-7 will be transferred to another project without delay. Any actual rescue attempts will be met with immediate termination. Personnel who have served on the staff of SCP-231-7's containment team are not required to divulge that information to others. No official record shall be kept of the names of any staff assigned to SCP-231-7, nor will said service appear in the personnel files of said staff. While on site, individuals assigned to SCP-231-7 will be issued concealing helmets with integrated voice changers to protect their identity. On-site staff are not to remove said uniforms in the presence of other staff members. Off-duty hours are to be spent in private quarters alone. 6. Class D personnel are to be assigned SCP-231-7 each month for the purposes of carrying out Procedure 110 Montauk. Violent criminals are not to be used for this purpose due to the possibility of accidental fatality during the 110 Montauk process. Special Containment Procedures Following repeated escape and suicide attempts, and based on the failure of containment of SCP-231-1-6, containment of SCP-231-7 has been amended to the following. SCP-231 is to be contained within a soundproof holding cell. Adjacent to holding cells for 6, Class D personnel assigned for the purpose of Procedure 110 Montauk. Cameras will monitor every inch of the cell at all times and must be manned 24 hours a day. Malfunctioning monitoring equipment will be replaced without delay by psychologically screened staff. Doors will be magnetically locked, openable only by positive action by the control and monitoring facility. This includes all doors linking the main holding cell to those of the 6 Class D personnel. SCP-231-7 is to be kept restrained to a hospital bed at all times except for the purposes of Procedure 110 Montauk. Hydration will be provided through IV drip. Feeding will be carried out twice per day through feeding tube by approved medical personnel who have not taken the Hippocratic Oath. Under no circumstances are narcotics, anesthesia, or other unapproved medications be administered SCP-231-7. Procedure 110 Montauk is to be carried out at least once every 24 hours by Class D personnel. During Procedure 110 Montauk, at least one security clearance 4-231 staff member must monitor the procedure by camera at all times although the sound may be turned off if the vocalizations of SCP-231-7 become too distressing. Following the procedure, all Class D personnel must return to their holding cells or explosive collars will be detonated. Data expunged per order of 05. On date. Information moved to Eyes Only Document 231-110 Montauk. Access to 231-110 Montauk is limited to personnel within security clearance 4-231. Description 
SCP-231-7 is a female between and years of age with the king is in his court and clothes the brides are in their beds the unborn princes wait in sleep to raise their eager heads SCP-231-1-7 were retrieved from following a police raid on a warehouse owned by an organization called the Children of the Scarlet King see article on in the newspaper 24 hours after the rescue SCP-231-1 real name went into labor pains giving birth 3 minutes later to SCP- causing a event resulting in over confirmed casualties foundation personnel immediately took possession of remaining SCPs 231-2 through 231-7 and based on notebooks recovered from the cult, instituted Procedure 110 Montauk to prevent future occurrences. The hens were in the hen house, and seven eggs did lay, till the fox crept in by dark of night and stole the eggs away. The faithful watched the forest for the coming of the king, their lanterns bright, they wait at night for the new world he shall bring. The dragon waits in shadows, his breath will scorch the land. The hero in the castle draws his sword and makes his stand. The princess in the tower is hidden far away, but nothing under heaven can keep the groom at bay. Luke 23:34. They gather around with leering smiles, the soulless and the dead. Though her soul unwinds, the cruelest minds will keep her in her bed. The potter told his apprentice to prepare him seven jars. Six he made with grace and skill, the last his hands did mar. The great moon no more is howling, gone its morning black. In the dreams its face is prowling, come to take them back. Addendum 231A current status of SCP-231 units. Six were broken by the bindings. Six no more shall sing. Comes the seventh full unwinding, and all the bells will ring. SCP-231-1 Deceased Killed during initial recovery operations while giving birth to SCP See Casualty Report for Event 231 Alpha for more details. When the first had given birth, then all the birds did sing, her screaming cries did shake the skies as she called out for her king. SCP 231 2 deceased. Killed during attempt to remove fetus of second SCP specimen, resulting in immediate event. See Casualty Report for Event 231 Bravo for more details. By Doctor's Blade, the second bade a life into the world, untimely hewn neath a silent moon, the king's red flag unfurled. 
SCP-231-3. Deceased. Self-terminated following a prolonged period of distress caused by implementation of Procedure 110-Montauk. SCP- Immediately underwent a event. See Casualty Report for Event 231-Charlie for more details. His bride the third remained unheard, her cries to help ignored. She stopped her life with a surgeon's knife and gave it to our lord. SCP-231-4, deceased, attempted to administer SCP-500, although successful in that all traces of SCP- were expelled from the system, expelled remains immediately underwent a event, causing numerous casualties including SCP-231-4 herself. See Casualty Report for Event 231-Delta for more details. The fourth prepares a dagger and places it at her heart. The perfect cure cannot make pure what the king has set apart. SCP-231-5, deceased, botched application of Procedure 110-Montauk resulted in SCP-231-5 giving birth to SCP-1 hour later, which then underwent a event. See Casualty Report for Event 231-Echo and Report on Destruction of Site 231-Alef for more details. Recruitment profile of Class D personnel was revised to minimize possibility of a second botched procedure 110-Montauk. The fifth one's crown was bearing down upon the fox's set. The den was sundered with mighty thunder. An apocalypse beget. SCP-231-6 Deceased Killed during escape attempt, aided and abetted by Agent who had been exhibiting heightened stress levels due to prolonged exposure to SCP-231, obtained possession of SCP-231, and attempted to use said weapon to rescue SCP-231-6 and SCP-231-7. Agent was killed in the resulting firefight, but a stray round resulted in the termination of SCP-231-6 as well. Fetus of SCP-231-6's SCP- then underwent a event. In the wake of this incident, O5 level personnel voted by unanimous decision to amend personnel policies. See casualty report for event 231-Foxtrot for more details. On the sixth day, the walls gave way and the oceans turned to ash. Her birth gave work as the earth shook underneath the king's fell lash. SCP-231-7 As of SCP-231-7 is successfully contained at Site Alpha. The seventh bride will break the tides. The moon no more will shine. There comes a day not far away she'll birth the death of time. Dear friends, it has come to my attention that recently certain rumors have surfaced regarding SCP-231. 
Due to the drop in staff morale, I have decided to address some of the more prevalent points. Yes, Procedure 110 Montauk is as horrible as you have heard, which is why only Class T personnel are authorized to carry it out. Yes, it does involve brutal... No, assignment to SCP-231 is not intended to test your loyalty to the Foundation. Your tendency is towards... ...thing else. No, SCP-231 is not a punishment detail. Yes, there are staff members who have been on SCP-231 and have successfully transferred out by their own request. No, not everyone who's worked on SCP-231 is terminated upon leaving the project. Yes, staff members who have been assigned to SCP-231 are allowed to take a Class A amnesiac before leaving the project, if so desired. Yes, false memories are then implanted. No, none of the supposed methods for recovering or detecting false memories work. Yes, there are some of you who have worked on SCP-231 and don't remember it. No, we have not given up trying to save SCP-2317, but research in that field must be carried out with the utmost of caution. Based on the increased potency of each subsequent event associated with each subsequent SCP's specimen, there's a strong possibility that SCP-2317's event could result in an XK-class end-of-the-world scenario. This information is corroborated in the notebooks recovered from the cultists. See document Seven Brides, Seven Seals, SCP-231, Adjunct B. No, putting the poor girl out of her misery is not an option. Neither is drugging her. She has to be aware of what is going on for 110 Montauk to work. One final note. The Foundation does many distasteful things in the completion of our mission, but our mission is important enough that the price is one we must pay. Containment of SCP-231 is one of our most dangerous duties, not because of any direct danger to ourselves, like SCP-682, but because of the danger that our resolve will fail, that we will allow ourselves to either let down our guard due to sympathy for the suffering of an innocent, or that we will allow ourselves to become monsters through the performance of monstrous acts. Just do your jobs and save the philosophizing for the shrink. Sincerely, 05. Don't believe it when they say they're trying to save her. Why would they bother? They've got exactly what they want, exactly where they want it. Addendum 231-C Update 231-07's emotional response to Procedure 110-Montauk appears to be reduced recently. Despite proper execution of said procedure, increasing danger of SCP- undergoing a event. Two options have been proposed. One, development of a new containment procedure with higher emotional response than Procedure 110-Montauk. Two, administration of a Class A amnestic to SCP-231-7, allowing for a return to base emotional response state. Said memory modification is to be administered during execution of Procedure 110-Montauk to maintain heightened emotional state following memory rest. Please advise. The doctor never tells his god which one he really seeks. Instead, he hides himself away and quietly he weeps.
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Addendum 231D, Decision. The God's own voice, she makes the choice, declaring with their word. In fear and pain, let her remain, lest she be like the third. Here at option two at the first available opportunity. Zero five. Addendum 231E, Aftermath. Ezekiel 614. Option two was carried out. SCP-2317's emotional state returned to 100% efficacy. Dr. McCoy subsequently committed suicide due to heightened emotional stress. We'll continue analysis of efficacy of treatment. The doctor's gun ended his run, as he put it to his ear. As she was defiled, the pitied child, he gave in to his fear. Addendum 231F. Continued analysis of efficacy of treatment. Revelation 18.21-24 After some analysis, I have determined that it is not necessary to perform memory modification every time Procedure 110 Montauk is carried out. In fact, it is better to delay for some time before readministering the agent. Analysis of Subject 2317's emotional response indicates that the efficacy of Procedure 110 Montauk seems to peak between the third and fourth performance of the procedure. The dread of anticipation of events seems to heighten emotional response for a time, before familiarity with the procedure begins to lessen the efficacy of the treatment. My recommendation is that Class A amnesiacs be administered once a week during Procedure 110 Montauk. The calendar has been modified accordingly. Her memory, a fickle thing, the strongest shall endure. When her weeping starts to waver, the drugs make her mind pure. time when the tree of knowledge was planted, all things were given form. Even the deep waters of the darkness below and the vaults of darkness above took shape and form, and many elder gods were born of them. Of these gods, whose names are oft forgotten, there was Karak. Karak was not great upon his formation. In truth, he was small. He crawled around in the darkness of the abyss, but unlike his brothers and sisters, he knew himself and knew the abyss. So blessed and cursed by awareness, he felt pain and loneliness and looked beyond the depths. But the thought of the light and the shade of the tree pained him more. Existence was pain and he would have no part of it. It would be better to not exist. It would be better for all things not to exist. Upon this vow, he consumed his brothers and sisters and grew strong on their essences. This act, this first sin of Karak, caused him greater pain as he himself grew greater. He grew blind by his pain. So great was his spite 
and so absolute his hate that he cursed the creation and its creator and vowed to destroy the tree and all that it supported in its branches and roots. He clawed his way up to his throne on the bones of his fellow gods in those dark aeons. Many other gods born of the darkness below died in those times, or chose to leave those shadowed realms to work within creation. Those that remained grew old and powerful, but they were bound in subjugation under Karak. When there were no more gods to subjugate in the lower realms, Karak declared himself king of the darkness below and took the name Knithgor and set the boundaries of his kingdom. This kingdom he built to bring utter despair to those who lived among the tree and its roots and branches, to share his pain with all of creation as he destroyed it. He diverted many souls to his realm, delivering pain untold upon them as they were stayed from their true rest. With the borders of his realm set down, the king declared his war. His servants, and there were many, those birthed of the darkness below and those that had fallen to the king's service, surged out of his kingdom, and there was war with creation. This war continues to this day, and shall not end until the end of all things. Of all the gods the king had subjugated, Sana was considered to be the wisest and most beautiful. She had not remained in the king's realm willingly, but her escape had been prevented by circumstance. She obeyed the king with her words, but not with her soul. And for this goodness, she is mourned. When the war was declared, the king took Sana by force and lay with her for seven days and seven nights until the mother of those beneath us was broken beneath the king. When this was completed, he rose in her blood and was from then on known as Shormausch or Dahl, the Scarlet King. Seven children were born of Sana, seven daughters of the Scarlet King emerging from her broken womb. The king saw this and took them by force to be his brides. Upon the seven brides, the king put seven seals so that they might never die as Sana had died. With them, the king gave rise to seven ranks of abominations, seven orders of leviathans, who became his most beloved servants, who march at the front of his war. Of the seven, this can be said. The first bride was Atavik. She was beloved of the king, though her children were few. For her loyalty, her children were made wise above all others and knew well the ways of war. By their hands, they guided the war and led to victory. Her seal was Vaduk, dominion, for just as she sought dominion, so she was dominated. The second bride was Agor. A great hole was rent in her soul that she could not fill, and so she despaired and wept. She brought forth many children, 
and her children brought forth armies in a tide unthinking to go forth and conquer. Her seal was Kifen, longing, for neither the king nor her children could provide what she sought. The third bride was Adestat. She had a great hatred of her sisters and brought ruin upon all she surveyed and blasphemed upon sacred ground. Her children ride out to declare the triumph of the king, drowning battlefields in blood and ash, spreading pestilence and fear in their wake. Her seal was Hezum, desolation, for she was wiped bare and the furrows of her soul were salted. The fourth bride was Azieb. She was vast and powerful and terrible to behold taking the form of a great beast. Her children were like her, and feared no weapon nor magical spell, for their injuries were healed and their hides impenetrable. Her seal was Ba, wrath, for by her hate she was forever bound in conflict. The fifth bride was Anut, she was strong in mind, though frail in body. Her children were wise in the ways of magic and created great destruction. But because of their power, the king had them crippled so that they might not rise up against him. Her seal was Nair, lack, for her thirst and the thirst of her children was never quenched. The sixth bride was Atalif. She spoke not, and held herself private. Her children could change their faces and move about unseen, and walk among creation unknown. They opened ways between the worlds, and made way for the war to spread. Her seal was U She'ek, hidden, for she was lost in shadow. The seventh bride was Ahabat. She was the smallest and weakest of the seven, but she was not broken utterly by the king and was horrified by her state. Her children walked on two legs and were mighty hunters and heroes. She taught them in secret, hoping that they might destroy the children of her sisters and overthrow the king. They are few and they have failed. Her seal was Zokib, hope, for she was doomed to know of what she could not achieve. The seven brides sealed forever, the legions of their children spread out and added their strength to the war. Worlds that had resisted the dark gods of the king fell under the weight of ceaseless assault. The roots of the tree rotted, festered with the king's spawn. The ways became treacherous and poisoned, to where travel could only be made by the blessed, the brave, and the mad. The king's realm grew fat with damned souls, and the places of rest waned in strength. Few souls managed to escape that fate, but even in death, many still fought. Many gods fell to the service of the king. The grinding machinery of the factory, who consumed all, lent its mindless strength in blood and steel. 
The king on the gallows, he who was hung, tore at the tree's knowledge from within. The prince of many faces warped the wills of mortals, and Moloch the Horned One brought forth their shame. Many more whose names have been erased also served. The king's many mortal servants recreated the establishment of his line in living effigy. It shall not be said that the king was unopposed in his conquests. Many gods and heroes among mortals struck back at the invasions of their worlds. But they fell in time, and their ages are past, and they are as blood and dust. The king and his armies approach the taproots, the center worlds, in all his wrath and all his hate and all his spite. He reaches out to corrupt and consume and destroy. Even now, his presence is felt. Time slips away. The brass goddess is broken. The serpent has fled. The heroes are gone. The children of Ahabat have been slaughtered to the last. The king's servants are already here, making straight the path for his arrival. With this arrival, the tree shall die, and all creation shall die with it. High above, the brothers of death watch the war unfold, hovering over the depths, as they always have. They know the outcome of the war, for they are the end of all things, but they do not speak of it. There is little more to be said. SCP-231 was written by Dr. Clef. This week's tale, Dust and Blood, was written by Dejoric. Our host and narrator was John Grills. Doctor was read by Russ Moore. O5- was read by Audrey Castle. Our tale was narrated by the wonderful Addison Peacock. Our music was composed by Tom Roy Parsons. I'm your showrunner and sound designer, Pacific Obadiah, and our producer is Tom Owen. This is a bloody disgusting show. For more information, visit bloody-disgusting.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.